Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has he been inspired by a calling, crafted his journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversations and to use them to help you recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Alan Brunton, who is a visionary developer and founder and CEO of Cymatrax. Alan is the developer of a software platform aimed at enhancing optimal performance and human potential through targeted frequencies in digital audio, which results in healthier body, mind, spirit, and environment. Sound software for sound lifestyles. Welcome back to the Rhonda Grant Show, Alan. Thank you very much. Once again, I'm, I feel so honored to be here for a second time. It's just, there's so much to, to be talking about and to be able to share with people. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, yeah, this is your second time here. And so what is it that got you into this type of technology and out of the box thinking? Well, <sighs> That, that actually has a, a couple of different things. I mean, I, I used to be an audio engineer and I did that because I used to sing opera and also I was a restaurateur and opened so many different restaurants that I produced my own television cooking show and had some audio problems. So that's what led me to be an audio engineer. But to think about even that type of artistic work takes me all the way back to when I was growing up um, in Amarillo, Texas, my father was an inventor. He was uh, a uh, electrochemical engineer and he lost his hearing when he was three years old. So he was pretty much a, a, a thinker that couldn't communicate with other people. So he communicated with himself and, and examined so many different things and possibilities. Um, so he in, invented so many different things uh, like an electric milking machine, uh, lights into lures for fishing, uh, 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 hearing aids built into the temples of glasses. But he really got serious into the science of, of technology whenever he started looking at uh, writings of Nikola Tesla. And Tesla was a huge influence on him because, like I said, my father was an electrochemical engineer. Well, that's pretty much what Tesla did was electricity and energy. So um, during the 60s and 70s and 80s, he developed three different, actually several more, but three major different um, technology uses of uh, high voltage that were so successful that our federal government shut him down three different times. Back in the 60s, he created um, 
a, uh, a process using high voltage that would create anhydrous ammonia out of the air and immediately put that into the ground, which was undercutting Dow Chemical by 92%. So somebody from Dow sent a, a lobbyist to Washington and they alerted the FDA and said, no, no, you're dealing with a food source. It's gonna take you six years to be able to bring this about and get approval to, to use this as a fertilizer for people. So um, let us know whenever you, you do your trials. So dad said, oh, it's gonna take too long. So in, in the next decade, he had created uh, uh, smaller units using uh, or, or producing it and manufacturing Tesla coils but he was producing um, ozone generators. And uh, people know that ozone actually will kill bacteria. So in Amarillo, Texas, we applied that to treating cattle. And whenever they had uh, pneumonia, shipping fever, um, they would go into a sick pen and they would breathe in uh, the ozone created from the these uh, generators that were hung into semi-enclosed sick pens. And, oh, that was in 1974. We were so okay. successful at that, that uh, we had installed about 33 units and we had a six month back order. We couldn't make these things fast enough. And so we put them into Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, and Oklahoma. And one July morning went to work and there were padlocks and chains on our plant shop and a notice from the FDA that said cease and desist. And they had gone out and uh, on a Friday evening broken into our plant mm. and uh, gone to the files and found out where every single machine had been installed had gone out then on Saturday and Sunday and confiscated every machine and threatened to put us all in jail if we continued to make those things. So, I mean, we found out what had happened was that uh, we were undercutting big pharma mm -hmm. and the need for antibiotics for the cattle. And the cattle were using 85% less antibiotics whenever they were breathing in the ozone. And mm -hmm. so what had happened there was Big Pharma sent a lobbyist to Washington and uh, they gave a written out bill to a congressman who said, what, what, what is this? And, and the lobbyist said, don't worry about it. Just attach it to another bill that is going to pass. No one will question it. Well, in, in basically what that bill said was it was against the interstate transport of ozone. And people didn't know what it was, so they got a law passed against shipping it across the state lines. Oh. And we weren't really even shipping ozone because the life of ozone is only three minutes long. But that was enough for them to go out and confiscate our work. Today, you can buy an ozone generator at you know your at any mall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then in uh, the early or late seventies, early eighties. The, the thing that actually stopped my father's work was uh, he was getting 85 miles per gallon on a 1971 Ford F100 pickup truck using a Tesla coil and other technology combined with that. And well, let's just say that um, 
there were there were people that did not want that technology to come out. And so he was forced to shut that down as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to see things. And that's the way I look at things. Uh, you know, when you're driving down a highway and you see one of those green and white signs that says, you know, the distance to Montreal or to Chicago, how many miles it is. I look at it and read that. But then again, I think, okay, if I was to take that sign off of the poles holding it up, what can I use that for? Well, you put two 55-gallon drums under it, you can use it as a table. Mm -hmm. Or you can bend it into a 90-degree angle and use it as a shelter. I mean, that's just the way I I look at things. I I see things around and um, like sitting on my shelf right now is a, 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 a big red wine glass. And I go, okay. What could I use that for? Okay, I could actually use it for a goldfish bowl. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's really that big. Or I could put uh, M and M's in it. Or you know, you can use things for so many different purposes. And that's what what happened with me whenever I came across uh, the information about sound and specific frequencies and how that they would actually affect the brain and mm-hmm. and. And in, in a way that we need to be able to understand that uh, specific frequencies in, and how they're combined can hinder your learning ability and put you to sleep, not just even sleeping, but shuts down and slows down so many other avenues and functionality of the body, like slows down your respiratory, slows down your heart rate, slows down the, the glands in your body from producing essential chemicals. Um, it, it, it's just amazing. So that's where I came up with the Symatrax technology was because I said, okay, I listen to digital music all the time. Where is a, a piece of software that I can use that will filter out um, the volume of frequencies that are actually putting me to sleep so I can have more clarity and more energy? And people looked at me and said, well, that's never been produced. And I said, well, okay, I'll do it. And so that's what my journey has been over the past seven to eight years is finding ways to be able to uh, find someone that can actually write my code. And uh, then it took another three years to get it patented. So no, it's a way that's going to change the world and, and raise the human potential, elevating our capability of the information processing that our brains can do. Mm-hmm. But when people uh, listen to, let's say, a podcast, uh, they don't uh, they don't hear the white noise, but their brain recognizes the white noise, and the cells in their body recognize that, and that's what puts you to sleep. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, um, the brain is is pretty well. Let, let's just look at it uh, this way: the brain does mm-hmm. not recognize. Um, white noise as the words white noise. Uh, Mm -hmm. White noise is actually a combination of millions of frequencies that are all next to each other, especially, I mean, most likely are in in digital audio. So you're you're looking and let's just say at at 440 hertz, 441 hertz, 442 hertz, et cetera. And as you put all of those together, it sounds like rushing water because it's so close together. And that's where you get the the static sound. Mm-hmm. And, and so whenever you can find a way of, or, or what the brain does then is it recognizes all of that. So when you're talking about white noise, even on a 
very low line level and people do add white noise to be able to soften the edges of the timbre of recordings. Oh. Um, it, and then it's a low level. So it, it, it's like, it's like adding a fabric softener to your sheets. You know, you, you can subtly feel it, but, and so if you don't take that uh, fabric softener out, then, okay, so you sleep better. Well, that's what happens with white noise in digital audio. It puts you to sleep. Um, the brain recognizes each and every individual frequency within white noise. And so when you're running a computer and it's running, let's say, three or four major programs at once, instead of even the operating system programs, everything's fine until you mm -hmm. upload huge amounts of data. And then it slows processing of all the other programs in there. Um, and so in, in the case of listening to digital audio and what the brain does, it slows down your respiratory, it slows down your heart rate, which people say, okay, yeah, it, it's relaxing me. And it, it gives me a way to, um, uh, to re-energize myself. No, it does not. It actually takes away from the, the subconscious programming of the functionality of what your entire system does. Mm -hmm. It slows down your capabilities of your glands to produce essential chemicals that you need to optimize your health. So if you reduce the volume of white noise found in digital audio, then you're able to um, increase the potential of the brain. Uh, there is a, a, a local television station, um, ABC affiliate here in Dallas, Texas, WFAA, and I spoke with one of their program producers uh, about my technology, and he said, well, what you're doing is absolutely brilliant, but we can't use it at the station because we do just the opposite. We add white noise to our audio knowing that it's going to put the viewer in a type of hypnotic trance so they won't reach for the remote, so that they won't change the station, so our oh. Nielsen ratings go up, so we can charge more to the client. We have a bigger market share. And out of chance, six months later, I met a director at Nielsen and told him that story. And he looked at me and stared, and he agreed and said, yeah, um, that's what all the networks do. In fact, we have uh, technology to measure how much white noise they're putting in. And, and I told that to a federal judge one time. And, oh, he got <laughs> oh pissed off. Yes. He, yeah, he said somebody needs to put in legislation to be able to stop that shit. That's like the subliminal programming of going to a, a movie and they'll put in a couple of frames of Coca-Cola to make you get up in the middle of the movie to go buy a Coke. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah. and there's been laws passed against that, but there's nothing about sound. Mm -hmm. And because people just feel like, okay, I'll, I'll get over it. But people don't have an understanding of how critical sound is and clean sound is. I mean, I, I think on our last show, we talked about um, the monitor that's put in a baby's room to, for white yes. noise to actually make them sleep and how dangerous that is. Yeah, um, and I have so I, I I get so much information from clinical trials every single day about sound and and how it's being used and applied in um, all over in so many different areas for let's say Parkinson's or or joint healing uh, to uh, 
to uh, uh, raise the ability of better blood flow, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the, the, the thing about, uh, I think we did talk about this was, you know, the white noise generators that young parents put into the nursery uh, next to the crib so that the child will go to sleep. Well, the, if you think about that in itself, the, the, the child from prenatal up to six years old, everything about that child is developing. Mm -hmm. And especially the ways in, in the child is taught how to think during that time up to six years old. From six years old, they're told what to think. Right. So if you are using all of this extra, uh, I'll just say pollution going in, they don't have a developmental opportunity to go out on their own for all of the nerves to be able to create uh, uh, more avenues to be able to process information. It's all being dumbed down. And so that's the reason why that, that these trials that I have, even in, in adults, show that excessive uh, submission of yourself to white noise can cause major harm to your body, like Oh, uh, cardiovascular problems when there is plaque buildup in, in the, uh, uh, the veins going to the heart, um, that kind of vibration is actually going to break off some of that plaque within there. And that could actually cause a stroke within your system as, as the plaque then travels around or a heart attack. It, it's really amazing to, to, to read this and say, I've been doing this to myself for so many years. I just need to stop or find a better way of doing it. And that's what the Simatrax technology is about. It, it's not that we're going to change the music uh, or uh, way that people hear. It's just we're going to tweak it so that it can be healthier for you. It, you know, it, it's like eating, like eat, eating organic uh, food. You know, mm -hmm. people go, well, okay, we, we know that it's better because they're using less chemicals. Well, evaluate that and equate that also then to noise pollution. That's what our technology does is take away that stuff that, that does not allow your brain to work in an optimal way. Mm -hmm. And so you at a very early age started singing opera so you were tuned into I would think anyway that you know as you um your music progressed not only did you have to have an ear for uh the musical instruments but you also had to have an ear for what other people were they were singing at the same at the same time that you were singing right yeah yeah uh, and I so so I was just thinking I mean it's amazing that you are in the business that you're in with, or you've invented uh, Simatrex, an inventor like following your, your father's legacy. And, and being in opera really tunes you into heightened sense and awareness because as an opera singer, or in, you're an athlete. And so your ears are heightened your sight is heightened and all of that because you have to listen, hear, watch, watch the conductor, right? Yeah, and I remember so many times being on stage uh, with so many other people uh, singing so many different lines and, um, and to, for me to find uh, 
a, a note that I was supposed to sing and come in on on a very, um, oh, how can I say this? Uh, complex arrangement of so many different voices singing at one time, I would have to listen for the orchestra and listen for, let's, let's say, a second uh, flute or a, a French horn to play a specific note. And, mm -hmm. and I had to listen very mm -hmm. intently to be able to come in on that pitch, uh, especially with some of the modern operas or like Benjamin Britten and, 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 and others of his time and Ives that uh, it was just incredible complexities. So I did focus on understanding and listening to those pitches quite a bit. And um, I remember going into piano rehearsals before going on stage with uh, an accompanist and opening up a, an opera score and going through an entire scene, which would include an opera aria, which I'd always have pegged, no problem. But it was the in-between stuff uh, going from, um, let's say, just walking across a room and the singing, oh, isn't it a beautiful day outside the birds are singing and such whatever in language whether it was german french italian and for some reason i would stop the accompanist and say let's do that again and said well but you're doing it just fine and this really isn't anything important within the opera and i said yeah but it just feels right something i mean is actually feeling that I need to re-identify and experience again. So we would go back over that three or four different times. Well, now I understand that the probability of what I was doing was going over specific frequencies of the music that, that actually connected and facilitated um, a, um, a, a way of experiencing physically and with, and when I say physically, I'm also bringing in the word physics Mm -hmm. uh, the energy that was actually vibrating through my entire body. Um, mm. and, and it was, um, it, it was just amazing. And it wasn't, like I said, until 2009, when I started getting data and information in from clinical trials, showing the difference of frequencies and, and how they move matter and, and how, um, uh, the great opera composer Giuseppe Verdi made sure that every orchestra that he went and conducted, because he was so popular, uh, mm -hmm. was all tuned to a 432 hertz. Well, when a lot of people hear about this, but most people don't realize that the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, tuned to 432 hertz, whereas everybody else is uh, tuning to 440 hertz. And if you look at a cymatic expression, the difference between 440 hertz and 432, it is amazing. And it is just a, an optical uh, evaluation that you can actually see the difference of how one um, frequency will move matter into a geometric prism while 440 hertz just actually just moves and shakes and bounces matter like, like fine sand on a metal plate. Mm -hmm. And is that why uh, people, uh, the human race was so attracted to their music is because it made them feel good in their body? 
Yeah, if you go all the way back to ancient Greece, um, and you think about you know Aristotle and, and, and Socrates and all these people that, well, they always had somebody that was um, playing a musical instrument, and most of the time it was a lyre, and the mm -hmm. lyre itself originally came, I think, with three strings, and then it grew to five strings, and then to seven, and then nine, and 13, and they decided to bring it back down. Well, the job of the person that was playing that and singing information, back then it wasn't just singing a song, it was singing, it, it was like a way to talk about uh, stories of of how conquerors went from one place to another or a goddess was uh putting their uh their blessings on the people on the planet and they would sing that but that was their whole job was to tune the the that ancient lyre and they did nothing else but focus on the music production of those ancient instruments. So whenever they could feel it within their entire body mm -hmm. and they were so concentrated, like I was talking about me being able to uh, pinpoint a specific tone uh, uh, or note coming out of the uh, full orchestra plane, that's the way that the ancient uh, Greeks actually started with using musical instruments to be felt in the body. And that carries through so many examples all the way up into going into, well, like I said, to, to Verdi in the late 1800s, uh, World War II, the way that uh, Adolf Hitler used the manipulation of frequencies and, and tuning of concert A to be able to install propaganda into uh, all the people that he was speaking to. Mm -hmm. it, it was... Um, yeah, it, it, and so it's just logical, but uh, due to technology and the internet, now that we have the documentation, people are pulling out uh, all these old transcripts. Um, let, let's say even the International Standards Organization, we have the information from them that because of the technology that was discovered uh, post-World War II from the, uh, and, and the German people, oh my gosh, Adolf Hitler's uh, scientists were so advanced in doing so many different things. And, and that's what Adolf Hitler was, was really fascinated with. I mean, he, he actually had this, this, you know, mini God complex or like uh, Napoleon. Mm -hmm. and, and he wanted to be able to be a, a step in science to be able to take over the world. <sighs> ah. So, you know, it, it, it's with the Internet now, then you can find just about anything and see people say, well, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. But, you know, you can look at laboratories that have documented and certified laboratories and you okay, I trust this information mm -hmm. because they have it fully scaled and documented. Like I said, clinical trials, you hear about people doing trials all the time. But the clinical trials are the ones that are so deeply documented and then certified with, with a clinical trial number from the federal government. If you look at uh, uh, online uh, streaming media companies for relaxation, like, uh, oh gosh, what is the name of uh, some of those companies? Um, Calm, I believe, is one of those. Yes. Um, 
they're all by subscription and they all play uh, different meditation music or make it even a little bit upbeat or even down. I, I contacted the top 10 meditation apps, uh, the companies myself a uh, couple of years ago, well, yeah, about 18 months ago. And I asked to see their clinical trials because they're all making claims that, you know, this is the healthier way to listen. And I said, well, can you show me clinical trials? I said, well, we're going to send you, you know, the trials that we have. And not one of them were clinical trials. They were mm -hmm. all trials that they had done, um, you know, in, in a very biased environment. So, you know, yeah, we've got trials, we've done them. So people will say, okay, well, I trust this person. Well, do you trust actually where it came from? Mm -hmm. Well, it looks so professional. I mean, I downloaded and, and uh, had those meditations for quite some time before I quit um, because it just put me to sleep. Yeah. And, and, and now you know why it put you to sleep. Now I know, but you see, people, <laughs> yeah, but you see the, uh, the mainstream doesn't know that. I mean, the general yeah. public doesn't know that that's that's what's going on you're listening to the Rhonda grant show right now whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor cymatrex and today our guest alan brenton is the developer founder and ceo of cymatrex how many people contact you alan oh my gosh uh we have hundreds of podcasts that we have run through our technology um, I just got finished speaking with uh, someone over in Ireland uh, that wants to take this globally. Well, actually, that, uh, I made an offer to say, well, let, let's talk further about taking it not just to Ireland, but to the, the UK and even all the way over to uh, Eastern Europe, if you would like to go that route. And so he and I are talking about it. Um, I mean, today alone, uh, what is it? it? It's almost 11 a.m. here in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. I've already been on, on four calls. And, incredible. You know, one of those was like for an hour and a half. Uh, lots of times I'll get up and start work answering emails by 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then lots of times I don't finish work until 5 or 6 at night. And uh, it, it's an ongoing thing. It's... Um, I. I don't have um, complete freedom um, on, on the weekends because I'm always answering emails from people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. You're very busy with it. So uh, with that said, how has uh, the pandemic changed, enhanced your business? Well, it's actually making people a lot more... Uh, aware of, of what they're subjecting themselves to be. Number one, you know, people are, are just so tired of being locked in place. And so the Zoom calls are coming out and uh, um, getting people together, but it's not like being in front of the other person because it is manufactured uh, sound and video quality. So um, even Forbes came out with an article back in 2020 that uh, right after so many people were using, let's say, uh, Zoom calls and uh, Forbes article was, why um, are you 
dealing with or what is causing Zoom fatigue. Right. And their article then also stated it's because of poor sound quality. Okay. And so, so many people don't understand that, you know, if you're using these $10 earbuds that you get at the dollar store, yeah, it, the only good thing that is, is to cause stress. Um, the, the higher quality playback uh, of any type of digital audio, you know, is, is what you are actually going to experience yourself. I mean, you can go out and get a hamburger at McDonald's, or you can actually go get a filet mignon at, at a really nice steakhouse. Mm -hmm. It's both beef, you know. <laughs> Apparently. But, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we hope it is <laughs> yeah. at McDonald's, but uh, you know, it, it, it's you, you're it, it's all about the experience and um, defining yourself into a, a different environment and and controlling, being aware of all the sounds around you. Uh, I, lots of times, I talk to people about, uh, uh, let's say, when a child goes off to college. Uh, most of the colleges will require that child to live on campus and stay in a dormitory for their mm -hmm. freshman year. Mm -hmm. And most of the time in a dormitory, the uh, nightstand next to a person's bed is a portable refrigerator, a small mini fridge. And they get their light on there and their notes and, and you know soft drinks inside of there. And they're sitting on their bed and they're trying to study and they just don't realize that that little generator inside in the in, inside of that mini fridge that's running, even if it's very soft, is still noise that you are submitting and frequencies and sound that you are submitting to take away from the processing ability of the brain. I mean, everywhere you go, you get into a car, you're driving down the road, well, you've got road noise mm -hmm. going from your tires onto the pavement uh, or other cars driving by you uh, in a, into a different direction. The brain is actually working to be able to process what is that noise? What are those frequencies and takes away from your cognitive ability? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when people are driving, uh, you slip into a trance um, and it's because of the background noise that you're hearing, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, it's probably the major portion of it. You know, um, you know, you look at, there was a, a study that was actually done over in Europe. Uh, and I'm trying to remember exactly what country it is. I've, I've got the, the study somewhere. Oh, it was in India uh, that showed the the detriment of the digestive system within truck drivers, and they were they pinpointed it to um, the problem was caused not just by the vibration of the truck engine itself, but because of the sound of driving all the time and the the continued engine noise that it was very detrimental to all of their health and was causing poor digestive systems. And their recommendation was to soundproof the cab mm -hmm. for the truck drivers. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because people think, okay, uh, it's going to cost what $10,000 to soundproof the interior of a, of a cabin of a truck. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's hypnotic. 
and yes. the sound is hypnotic and lots of times that people will be driving from the office home not as much uh during the pandemic and they arrive you know at a stop sign right close to their house and they they almost like wake up and say geez like did i <laughs> did i stop at the other stop sign yes. you know because they're in a hypnotic trance and yes. it is the sound of the car, the sound of the vibe and the vibration and all of that that sort of takes you well below thought. Yeah, and think of think of this. Whenever you're driving somewhere and you're looking for an address number, what's the first thing you do? You slow down and you turn down your car radio. Uh, why are you doing you, that when you <laughs> when you need your eyes? <laughs> or remember when you were very young and, and you're in the back seat with with a sibling and, and you're cutting up and laughing and giggling and and mom's not and, and all this kind of noise is going on. And whoever is driving will turn around and say, be quiet. I can't think with all that noise going on. Mm -hmm. But they just don't understand. That is so literally true. You yes. can't think in an optimized way with all this noise pollution going on it's noise pollution mm -hmm. and all and that noise pollution is found in all digital audio yes and so has the pandemic taken your business from america and and you're speaking globally now yeah yeah around it, it, the world it, yeah it, it's really amazing uh because before the pandemic uh I was just starting my company and I, I put myself into small little incubator uh, groups that were also startups and people that were producing things like a more efficient way for your camera and audio to work on your doorbell camera system. And I'm going, I mean, just think about what the limitation of the market is. And it's just a, for me, a, a quick way to make a buck. But now then understanding the science and, and the neurological aspects of sound and the way it affects the brain and people that, that don't realize that they can become smarter. And I don't know if, if I talked about my Mensa uh, testing that I, I got involved with back in 2009, but uh, you, you, you just be able, you need to be able to understand that every single cell in your body is affected mm -hmm. by chemicals, heat, light, and sound. And we yes. understand that, 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 that sound and specific frequencies will travel more efficiently through the entire central nervous system, while others just sit there and vibrate and take away from your cognitive ability. Alan, do you feel that you've been called to your journey? Well, you know, it, it, it's... It's funny to be able to define that as being called. I mean, I'm going, okay, who's calling? Well, you know, in, in thinking about from the inside out, I'm guessing that this feels like it should be something that I should do for the rest of my life, that mm -hmm. I understand that the, the human evolution uh, includes the understanding of what we can do to facilitate and optimize 
what the, the potential is. I mean, we have all kinds of, of documentation of things like ESP and telekinesis and remote viewing, but we don't know how to facilitate that. So mm -hmm. let's explore more ways of using our brain into an optimal way. And so that's part of what I have done in creating this, and I will do this. And I mean, there's just so many ways that we can use sound. Theoretically, as I have spoken with other neurologists about this, they have said, um, or I've told them that, you know, we can use sound and pinpoint it and amplify it to do things like uh, change the structure or elongate the telomeres at the end of DNA, which would oh. actually be a precursor for longer life. Mm -hmm. Or we can go inside of the DNA where the switches are, where people that, that have a disease, let's say cancer, and we can turn that switch off. Because there's so many examples of people that do have the, the, uh, the cancer gene, but they don't have cancer. Why is that? Well, the switch is off. And so if we can find ways to use sound to be able to keep those off instead of relying on big pharma to fill our bodies with chemicals that make our left arm fall off or, you know, we mm -hmm. it puts uh, new moles on our forehead and that kind of stuff, you know, it, that would be just great. Let's use something that is natural. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Oh my gosh. Well, the extraordinary discovery is, you know, it has to be um, what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I wake up with uh, gratitude every single morning. Uh, when I swing my legs out of bed, I look at the bedroom door and I go, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that gets to bring this technology to the world. I see it as one of the best opportunities. And, you know, with this type of technology, helping people think better, um, it, it's just going to revolutionize what everybody else is doing in so many other areas of uh, human consciousness and, and how we're going to become better human beings. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, the health benefits are incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, uh, uh, on the last show, uh, we have... Uh, Trials going on uh, at James Madison University, uh, the head of neurobiology at University of Alabama, Birmingham, as well as the leading pediatric neurologist at University of Texas Southwest uh, Medical Center Children's Hospital, both have asked to oversee using our technology as a in clinical trials for autism. And Fantastic. Then, yeah, other... Um, Neurologist said, well, if what you're describing then works for autism, it should work for PTSD, ADHD, stroke, dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Yeah, it, it's just a way of optimizing what we can do. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show again, Alan. It's uh, wonderful to listen to you speak about Sinotrax and, and the great work that you're doing with it. And uh, oh, so thank well, you so it, much. It, it, Oh, it, it's been my sincere pleasure to to do this, and and you know, any time that I can help, uh, you know, the work that you're doing is so wonderful. I, I'd listen to your podcast and uh, just believe that that you are one of those special people that takes time out um, and from your heart and pushes forward 
ways of other people to be better themselves. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for the interview. And uh, thank you for being you. Thank you so much. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show, Sun on the Water, is composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.